this reminds me of my first experience in radio was back in the early 80s. People with disability and mental health. There's always controversy with us. The mysteries of the mind and consciousness. And we might get to the bottom of something or we might start something new. We're going to run the gamut and we're going to have a good time. Waking Braves. No, not Waking Braves. We're Breaking Waves. Breaking Waves? Breaking Waves. Breaking Waves. You are listening to Radio Eastside. How you doing, Riley? Good, thank you, John. How are you? I'm feeling a little merry. Are you feeling the Christmas spirit? It's the season to be merry. Yes. I'm feeling it a bit. Uh, I was just walking around the streets outside and there's Christmas decorations. Yes. Well, that's the kind of thing that reminds you that Christmas is coming. Yeah, the old idiot box does that too, yeah. sometime in advance, but uh, yeah. certainly the spirit seems to be... Uh... Things are winding down, coming towards the end of the year, it's, it's a time and an opportunity for renewal. It's Christmas party time for yeah. all those office workers. That's right, secret Santas in the workplace. So this, in case you haven't guessed it, folks, this is going to be our Christmas special for our show. And we're going to talk about what Christmas is, maybe. Yeah, what... Some info on uh, where it came from. What is it? Who are the major players involved in this saga that we act out every year as a bit of a ritual, Mm. a cultural ritual? And do other cultures do it? Yeah, right. And And when do they do it? Yes, because it's not always the 25th. No, it's... Well, what is it? It's it's many things. It's a time for gift-giving, peace and goodwill. But it's also a celebration uh, for Christians uh, for the, the birth of Jesus Christ. Yes. I remember the nativity scenes. In fact, I think I've still got a little nativity scene that Mm. my dad built a long time ago. Uh, And coming from a a Christian family, that was all, that was it. The biggest part of Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Was uh, Jesus Mm. and going to church. But probably like most little kids, I look forward to Christmas time all year long. And what aspect of it did you anticipate? Was it the presents? Presents were a big thing, yeah, you know. Yeah. I think everybody can remember that, not being able to sleep and getting yeah. up before dawn and sitting there looking at the pile of presents and yeah. uh, with all your dreams and hopes <laughs> and ex- expectations. Yes. Uh, and the other thing was the, uh, the, the other rituals around it, which is the coming together of the family. Mm. Mm. And so... That was a big part of Christmas for me. Was I was I would see uh, relatives that I didn't see for the rest of yeah. the year. Yeah. Well, you would have had quite a different experience in regard to me, in regards to coming from the background because your father is a minister, and so your 
idea of Christmas would have been more informed by those Christian aspects. Whereas for me, like I grew up with, um, without a religious education. Um, and so for me, the Christmas was the experience of Christmas other than the family and the communal aspect was, um, informed more by the commercial aspects of, um, you know, presents and, and entertainment and these and holiday. And, it's a holiday. Yeah, it's a yeah. gift giving thing. It's a party time. Yeah. It's just before new years. Uh, but it does tie in with some other, uh, s- celebrations, the summer solstice, which is on about the 23rd, and that is the time of year where the sun is at the highest in the sky and the days are the longest. And it's often related, Christmas is often related to um, more ancient, uh, much older than Christianity, uh, celebrations of uh, the cycles of the sun. And it was the birth of the new sun was celebrated around 23rd of uh, December December in the uh, Gregorian calendar. They had different calendars in the past, the Julian calendar. Uh, and in fact, um, the date of Jesus Christ's birth, is, I believe, is not referenced at all in the New Testament. Um, I think when the... Roman Catholic Church was formed, they decided on the date of the the 25th. Um, But there's much debate about when Jesus was actually born. And in fact, the Orthodox versions of the Roman Catholic Church celebrate Christmas on the 7th of January. That would be the Russian Orthodox, the Ukrainian Orthodox, a lot of the uh, Orthodox churches, maybe most of them, celebrated on a different day. So there is a pantheon of characters in this Christmas saga. And of course, one of the most obvious is Santa Claus. That's right, John. He is the Christmas figurehead, the king of Christmas. And of course, we associate Santa with, um, you know, a lot of... Uh, commercial things today and children's entertainment we know that he resides in the north pole and he's got the the reindeer and everything the elves but i thought it was interesting um to find out that the way that we think about santa aesthetically as far as you know the big red coat and everything and and that look I'd like to buy the world a home and furnish it with love. Grow apple trees and honeybees and snow white. That iconic look. That's not been around for that long and it only kind of dates back for just a little over a hundred years and it comes from that New York Madison Avenue advertising and and was really cemented by his depiction in the red in coca-cola advertisements um so once i found out that that was a a real eye-opening moment because it does show how heavily commercialized christmas is and has been for a long time yeah i guess the santa character is there isn't any real direct connection with jesus christ at all no, he 
When I was a kid, certainly Santa was there. I don't actually remember believing in Santa. That's I interesting. I always knew that the presents came from my parents. <laughs> That's interesting because I was a Santa believer and I um, didn't get my bubble burst to uh, till I was eight years old which I don't know if that's old or young for kids, but I guess everyone's different. But I actually, someone told me that Santa wasn't real and it was um, a friend of mine's older brother spoiled uh, <laughs> spoiled Christmas for me. It can be quite devastating, that kind of info you get when you're a little kid. I remember yeah. when someone told me they didn't believe in God and that kind of threw me when I was a little kid mm. because I'd never met anybody that said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It would have been an existential crisis in a yeah. sense. Yeah, I think uh, certainly these days he's the big player in the Christmas story, Santa Claus. Yeah, that's right. And I remember my auntie, uh, who's big into Christmas, she would ask me if I knew the what Christmas was really about. And then she'd say, Jesus. And because I didn't have that religious education, the idea of it being about Jesus just seemed laughable to me because it was so obviously about presents. And that's what I would say to her. It's all about the presents. You know, of course, I was the present fiend like any other kid waiting for the... Yeah, you were missing out on the whole story of Jesus and the trials and tribulations of Joseph and Mary and the Mm. three wise men and all of those stories leading up uh, The Star of Bethlehem and all that, yeah. And then, you know... Santa Claus and his inspiration, it actually goes back a lot further than Coca-Cola. Right, John? Santa Claus, yeah, Father Christmas, uh, St. Nicholas. Yeah. Now, who's St. Nicholas? And that's, that's the interesting thing. That's another example of how separate it's become from its origin that... A lot of people wouldn't... Wait, I just had a thought. Who's Chris Kringle? (laughs) Uh, Chris Kringle is some kind of name given to Santa Claus at some point by somebody has appeared in movies. (laughs) I'm not quite sure the origins of Chris Kringle. However, St. Nicholas, I believe, has uh, Danish... uh, Origins. Dutch origins. The Netherlands... Uh, he was a St. Christopher, and he was a man of peace and love and goodwill and merriment and gift-giving, and I think he loved children too. So he's just kind of a merry sort of character. And that's, I guess, why he's associated with um, with kids. I'm sure there's more to it, the story than that. <laughs> but apparently they're, uh, he's not the only one that takes on that role as the gift giver. And in fact, I found a, a character from uh, Italian mythology, uh, and his name was La Betona. And he flew around on a broom delivering presents to kids, which is interesting because <laughs> we associate brooms with witches but that's just our weird culture. Um, yeah, he was uh, no witch. That's funny, a broomstick of all things. And then there's apparently a Saint Nicholas Day, which occurs on 
the 6th of December in Western Christian countries and the 19th in Eastern countries. The 6th uh, of December. Yeah, it's a mm. feast day of St. Nicholas. It's part of like the Advent uh, season, Christian festival. So there you go. Now, the retail sector just love Christmas. It's probably one of their their biggest uh, holiday. Spending seasons. Spending sprees, yeah. yes. Uh, you always hear about it on the news in, in relation to profits and losses. Mm, mm. Uh, and retail is what it's all about, buying those presents. Yeah, it's kind of twisted to think about this idea of you know christmas being this time of of giving and certainly in a lot of the stories associated with it it has that kind of spirit but then you know in actuality i'm just imagining some uh uncle pennybagger types in their big mansion with all the presents around the tree while there's people dying a few blocks over of fentanyl overdoses in some tent city but uh but Christmas, the time this season, it is charged with um, with a spiritual energy, with this energy of the potential to set aside your, you know, previous uh, problems. It's it's kind of got this redemptive energy where people are more are more giving, I think, and more willing to to at least try to to bring people together and give people another chance. But, uh, you know, I became quite cynical about Christmas at a young age. Uh, this was after I'd found out Santa wasn't real. And I I kind of became aware of the fact that the thing that was reminding me that Christmas was imminent was the fact that there would be Christmas decorations in, in shopping centres and stuff pretty much as soon as Halloween is over at the end of October suddenly... In November, we start to see the Christmassy stuff in Coles and I've been Westfield noticing it um, today, actually, walking around. I've been noticing, uh, you know, my physio, a place where I do physio, they put all their Christmas decorations up. And, and then I walked outside and there were these uh, people crossing the road that had Santa, you know, those red Santa caps on. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, as, as a sort of, I guess, an older kid or... I, that struck me as a kind of hollow that this time that's meant to be a sort of spiritual holiday is uh, so being driven by commercialism, being driven by advertising and this impulse to spend money and this kind of thing. But that also brings me to mind of, um, I think, one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time, uh, which is A Christmas Story from 1983 which is an American comedy film set in back in the 40s, I believe. But the reason I love that movie so much is because I think it's a great satire on the commercialization of Christmas. It's not the kind of Christmas movie that's going to make you feel all gooey and fuzzy. It's quite a cynical film, although it is a film that's appropriate to watch with the family, like it's a PG movie, but the whole movie is about this kid who desperately wants to get a um, toy gun for uh, for his Christmas present, and he's doing everything he can do to try and convince his parents 
uh, of that. So the, his whole kind of modus operandi is wanting a specific present. And I think that that's something that would resonate with a lot of kids who engage with Christmas on that more kind of gift-centric uh, mentality towards it. What would you like for Christmas? Horrified. I heard myself blurted out. I want an official Red Rider Carbon Action 200 Rains Ball Air Rifle. Ooh. No. Shoot your eye out. Oh, no. It was the classic mother BB gun block. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out. BB guns are dangerous. I don't want anybody shooting his eye out. Oh, no. You'll shoot your eye out? Yeah, I remember, you know, getting up way before dawn and s sitting in front of the Christmas tree with that big pile of presents and, like, my imagination would go crazy about what I was going mm. to get and I never got... What <laughs> no. you wanted, yeah. What I dreamt of. Yeah. What's Christmas time to you but a time for paying bills without money? A time for finding yourself a year older and not a penny richer? I could work my will. Every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled in his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. Uncle! Well, John and I are... It's funny that we're doing this show because John and I are a couple of... A uh, couple of Uncle Scrooges over here, Ebenezer Scrooges, because we're not the biggest um, Christmas fans, really, and we both have our reasons for that. But, John, would you feel comfortable to talk about um, how uh, your relationship with Christmas and how it's changed. Yeah, well, I think with most people it changes throughout their lifetime. And, you know, obviously as a kid it was exciting and and something I looked, looked towards the whole year <laughs> with anticipation and um, because of the presence, mm. you know, fairly self-centred. <laughs> but, uh, of course, the, the other aspects of it too was the, the whole festivity, the coming together of the extended family. You know, and unfortunately, um, that kind of stopped in my family around the time that my uh, grandmothers passed away. Mm. So the family stopped coming together of the extended family because it used to be a big thing we traveled thousands of miles every year you know if we to my grandparents place to have christmas and uh that changed as i became an adult mm. and got older and christmas became just about my immediate family it was much smaller affair and so the dramas of that became more to the forefront yeah it became more about what it was about and you know i was talking to my physio today and he's got kids and so it must be quite different if you've had kids yeah it makes it about something else and and that's one of the things i like with the way that christmas is handled on um you know my dad's side of the family all my cousins all have kids you know young kids so the christmas is much more about giving them the whole kind of Christmas experience and the gifts and everything, and there's less of an onus upon adults to be getting gifts for each other. Yeah, Which absolutely. I think is like a, a better and, way, the and, ideal way for it to be. Yeah, well, and like, I've missed out on, on that because I don't have any kids, and so uh, it's kind of changed and morphed in a different way to mm. my... Uh, my physiotherapist who kind of said, you know, God, I still love Christmas, you mm. know, because his kids are like teenagers and mm. he's, uh, he's just gone through different 
life uh, life experiences and one of the first times that I became aware of I suppose a cultural debate as a child was one of my school teachers complaining about being encouraged to write Xmas on cards and things like this because uh, in that time of year in school there's a lot of cards that get exchanged Christmas cards and she was reacting to it in that way of the Xmas name as opposed to Christmas being a homogenization, a sort of removal of that distinctive religious Christian aspect and making it more this kind of uh, commercial, uh, global thing. Sounds like a knee-jerk reaction to taking the Christ out of Christmas. Yes. And I guess to her... Xmas, not knowing any better, must have seemed like a crude abbreviation. Mm. <laughs> However, there is apparently a historical precedent for it. Well, uh, I've uh, read, I can't remember where, that in the uh, 1600s uh, the, the term was used, and it comes from uh, Greek um, because uh, Christos... It is actually spelled with an X, <laughs> if you write it in Greek. Um, and I've heard tell that that is the origins of the term Christmas and that it's quite old and it's not uh, simply an abbreviation for lazy spellers. So what's going on at the moment, John, with uh, banning Christmas and the historical... Um, precedent for that as well. Well, that's an interesting story. Uh, like a lot of things that happen in Parliament, we actually don't get to hear about them most of the time, but apparently a bill has just been run through the chambers uh, redefining our public holidays, and they do this kind of thing all the time. But one of the noteworthy aspects of this bill is that it leaves out uh, the terms... Uh, for a lot of these occasions that we have public holidays on. It's to do with public holidays. And the Christmas public holiday will just be called the holiday of the 25th of December. They've actually removed the, um, the old titles for these days or the actually that give meaning to the days. Um, there's been some kickback um, and I don't think it's resolved yet. Maybe they can change it to the... Uh Allianz uh, holiday, or like the um, the Apple, or something like the Super Theater. You know, just name it after uh, commercial products. Australia Day is another one that was discussed. <laughs> um, well, that's got that whole change the date. Yeah, yeah. Thing. There's yeah, yeah. There's some very um, a lot of in the brew with that. Yeah. Excited um, talk going mm. on around, debate going on yeah. around, uh, has been, you know, for a long while around Australia Day, but it seems like the uh, the parliaments decide just to get rid of the word altogether. But everything old is new again, right? Because it's not the first time that uh, Christmas has been banned. No, and the public servants need their public holidays. i got to tell you, um, as someone who's mainly self-employed for most of my life... Uh, I never really paid much attention to public holidays, but I do know that people that work uh, in offices and they get salaries, <laughs> they love the holidays, the Christmas holidays and all the public holidays. And it's kind of a downtime 
for the corporate world, isn't it? Christmas. Yeah, that's right. And I guess it's an opportunity for yeah people to spend some time with their families, go on holidays and things like this. And buy things. And buy <laughs> things. Retail. Especially buy things. Um, so bust out the advent calendar. Now, this idea of Christmas being a time in which the usual sort of concerns and drivers through life are put on hold, that comes to the fore in a story that um, I was made aware of as a child about World War One. Um, and apparently there was a Christmas truce. Have you heard of this, John? I've seen it. Uh, I'm sure I've seen it depicted in movies and uh, certainly heard of it many times, this idea that the, the fighting stops. I think in relation to the trenches in World War One was one story um, yeah. I remember. Yeah, apparently um, so it was a series of... Um, widespread uh, unofficial ceasefires they say this is wikipedia along the western front of the first world war so it's interesting that so it seems to be that they it wasn't sanctioned by their you know superiors but the people decided to do it uh, to get into that spirit which is intriguing yeah they uh, so the story goes they you know swap cigarettes and sausages and yeah. christmas cake and um drank coffee for a few hours and were merry and then went back to shooting each other <laughs> So <laughs> shortly afterwards. Yeah, don't believe anything that you hear. Basically, like, if you're not there on the front lines, so um, in the trenches, as it were. Um, but, yeah, look, I mean, I, I like Christmas, don't get me wrong, but I think, um, you know, a lot of the... Christmas movies and the Christmas music is pretty lame. Like, there's only the culture around it. Um, a lot of it doesn't really resonate with me. There's only like a couple of Christmas movies. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Um, that's all time classic. And of course, like Miracle on 34th Street as well. So I go to the 1940s for those. But, and there's more that I can mention, but those are the essential ones. And then do Christmas Story for your more comedic uh, end of things. But, you know, I always liked Halloween more as a kid because of all the morbid stuff. You know, the, the jackal carved pumpkins and the black cats and witches' hats and autumnal colours. That kind of appealed to me more, at least aesthetically than the Christmassy stuff. But I think we can agree it's the spirit of Christmas that we love, the peace and the goodwill. And a potential for renewed appreciation for the people around us, letting them know that we care. And we'd like to wish all our good listeners a joyous, merry, Holiday season. Happy Christmas time. Spread love. And peace. And harmony. Wishing you all the best for the Christmas season from the Breaking Waves team Radio Eastside. Adios, folks. Kuna Matata. We will hear you again soon. No. You, you will hear us again soon. Bye-bye. Bye.
Listening to People Powered Radio, proudly supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The Community Broadcasting Foundation resources community owned and operated media stations just like this one that connect people and tell vital local stories so that we all enjoy a more vibrant, inclusive Australian culture and healthy democracy. Find out more about our work at cbf.com.au.